This week, we are joined by Dontre Graves, who does content creation extraordinaire, we'll call it, for 23XI. Dontre, I'll let you introduce yourself real quick, and you can give like a better job title than that, but the floor is yours to start. I don't know if there is really a better one. Um, Yeah, Dontre Graves, I'm current digital media coordinator at 2311 Racing. Um, That entails everything. I do digital, I do social, um, video editing photo um i send the tweets the tiktoks the instagram reels i would say 80 percent of that i've had some type of hand in in the production process and the posting process so um i do that i'm also the general manager of our esports team (laughs) at 2011 so um that's been fun trying to um manage that this off season um and get that together um i'm trying to think anything else i do there um Anything that this needed to me at one time in Chicago for the street race, I was pushing um pit cart. So whatever's needed to me, I do a twenty three eleven. But my main responsibility is digital and social. I know I know you're busy enough that the couple NASCAR races I went to last year, I think I bumped into you for like a grand total of like eight seconds at the most. So anyway, I before I turn it over to Frenchie for his first question, you've got 10, 12 days left in the off season. Are you ready for the season to start or like how, how are you feeling on Monday, January 22nd before the clash? There's so many things that we're working on. Drivers still have production days and um, we're still working on content plans and all, all those good things um, every day. So you saying 12 days kind of stresses me out, but um, I <laughs> know bad. whether, whether or not we're ready or not, it's going to come. And I think we'll be ready come next friday wow that sounds scary but yeah next friday we'll be ready to hit the road and get the season started so i don't even know how much you can talk about this but i'll give it a shot and if it's not a good question we can try something else but doing all of that content for 2311 and you obviously are going to have a driver in this upcoming netflix series were you kind of involved in that a little bit or does it is it something that you've had a a hand in at all um not really i mean outside of us posting a trailer like everybody else there hasn't really been much involvement um i'm assuming there'll be more stuff coming in the next week or so obviously with it dropping ahead of the clash um i'm hoping i'm not in the show i would assume i probably (laughs) as much as i've um been around they spent a lot of time with our team um during the playoffs i think they were in a shop basically every week um up until the last week of the season once we didn't make the championship four but um yeah i'm assuming that i'll probably be in a show reluctantly um hopefully there's there's it didn't the mic didn't pick up certain conversations that were had (laughs) my mom won't be watching on netflix in horror about some things that i say out loud in public what was that like to have them kind of embedded while you guys were doing that during the playoffs is it distracting or do you kind of not notice them are they that professional that they're really just not even there most times it you don't really notice because you're so focused like for me um you're so focused on what's going on for you i'm shooting stuff to create hype videos or get social pieces out or whatever where i'm so focused on hyper focused on getting shot for the drivers or the crew pushing the cars out stuff like that where unless i'm they're in my way or i'm in their way we really don't intersect and then I might go out to turn four and shoot something where I'm not anywhere near the team or whatever's going on. So 
the only time I really noticed was there was times where um, our big boss was at the track um, and that got a little more attention and they really kind of hone in on him being at the track and um, it would get a little distracting and unnerving because you have the camera crew, but then you have the thousands of fans and people with hot passes huddled around our pit box. So that was really the only time I really noticed that they were around. Good question. So I'm going to piggyback off that kind of, I mean, I've seen you, I've known you for a while. I've seen you work at the track for the last couple of years, switching, you know, on the NASCAR side, what's the most difficult part about your job that the average fan doesn't know when you're running around on a race weekend? Honestly, the hardest part is keeping it fresh. Um, okay. You, yeah. have, you have 38 weeks and you try not to get in the phase of, well, I do this every week and it works. So let me just keep doing this. So it's, it's the challenge within myself to like build on what I've done the week before. If I do a cool edit this week, how do I one up it the next week? If I take this great picture this week, how do I present it in another way? How do I give ROI to our partners? How do I um, come up with these banger shots to make our social yeah. channel different from everybody else's? So I think that's probably the most difficult part for me in terms of my job. Now, I know some people complain about weather conditions and physical demands, but um, I enjoy the walking. I enjoy the being active. I know some weekends I take 25,000 steps, but I might wake wake up a little sore Monday, but I'm still going to the gym. I'm still active. So um, really just keeping it fresh for 38 weeks and keeping it going in the off season because my job doesn't stop. Like uh, um, the thing is like when the season stops, the drivers go home, they take yeah. vacations and all that. But I'm still posting and I'm still um, pushing out content all through the off season. So my job essentially doesn't stop. So in the off season, when a driver is, you know, working on the sim or whatever and doing his own thing, do you do any kind of development work of your own? Like, Hey, I'm going to learn how to take a new video shot or a new, you know, new editing, you know, new editing platforms, something like that to like, keep working on, on your, on your game and your, your skill. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of it is just trial and error. Um, everything I have to this point, I, I went to school to be a writer, kind of just like you. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, as time developed, I kind of switched paths, but I taught myself how to shoot photo. I taught myself how to shoot video, taught myself how to edit all these skills that I've acquired. So it's all been a learning experience every year. So um, I feel like every day, every week, I'm learning something new. I'm asking people in the industry, I like that shot. How do you do that? Or I'll YouTube it or right. um, I've even signed up for um, I'm in a group with other sports um, content creators and we kind of piggyback off ideas or ask each other how to do X, Y and Z. So um, it's a constant thing. I have no formal training, but it's kind of trial by fire for me. I love it. This is kind of, I guess, a selfish question, but I've been getting a little bit into photography lately or trying to, I, I mean, it's just something that I'm kind of interested in, but for you, do you, are you, do you get any inspiration from other types of photography besides like sports or like racing? Is there some other category that you look to that maybe you follow on Instagram that you check out? The older I've gotten and the more experience I've gotten, I've started to follow stuff outside of sports, but, um, when I first got into it, I always used to tell people that I just wanted my shots to look like how ironically how they used to look in Sports Illustrated. 
Okay. Uh, Sports <laughs> Illustrated from 2002 until when I went to college in 2015. And so I always used to look, when you're younger, you just look at the pictures. You're not really reading um, the articles. You get older, you start reading the content. But from probably age five to 10, I'm just looking at the pictures. So when I started shooting, I was like, I just want my pictures to look like how they used to in Sports Illustrated. And then once I started progressing, I started following people like Jamie Price and I would mm -hmm. reach out to him and be like, hey, how do I do this? I really like this shot. Um, how do you do this with the camera? How do you set these settings up? And I would just do that to everybody that I would find on Instagram. I would just pester them like, hey, I really like this shot. Where, where did you take the shot at at this track? If I, I might be going to a track a month, month later. Hey, I really like this. Where is this at? And then somebody sent me a map and I prep and do all those things. But um, now that I'm starting to progress and I'm doing more like studio stuff with our drivers and things of that nature i've started to look in other avenues and talk to other people and that do stuff outside of sports all right i'm going to change the subject real quick and talk nascar in general so some probably well probably frenchie and i but also probably some people listening don't know maybe some of the up-and-coming guys i know you're pretty kind of keyed in with everything so who is an up-and-coming nascar driver whether they're in cup or Xfinity or kind of on their way up that people should pay attention to. Uh, I won't just say one. I think there is a few. Sure. Um, yeah, that's fine. For, for one, um, I'm a big Stephen Parsons guy. Um, I think that if um, this deal with Rackley goes well, I think he'll make some moves and really prove that he's a hot shoe. Um there's been some times where he stepped in an Xfinity and outperformed in some equipment that probably isn't the best. Sure. And um, I think he just needs to find the best opportunity and he'll thrive. Um, obviously with my rev racing ties, I would be remiss not to mention Nick Sanchez and um, Raja Karuth. I think um, Nick had a great season last year. He just couldn't seal the deal in trucks getting a win, but he was, couple points out of making a championship four without a win so that kind of speaks volumes to his performance and how strong he was um all season and just being consistent bringing a truck home in one piece and just um being fast he had i think four poles last year so yeah. the pace is there just you know um learning how to put a race together and it's hard for those younger guys to put a race together and not just think about running the fastest lap every lap and then obviously raja uh, we're still trying to figure out what he's doing this year but i think whatever opportunity he does get, he's going to make the most of it. He's, he's only been in a car for four years and it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, he started a rev when I was an intern. And so it's crazy okay. to watch yeah. him go from racing legends cars to um, being in a truck last year. So his learning curve has been steep and he's adapted it and everything he's been in. So I know you spent some time working with IndyCar because I kind of remember seeing you around the track there. What would you say, other than the schedule basically doubling in terms of weekends, you probably have to be at tracks is the biggest change of maybe not. I mean, obviously you're working for a team now, which is different than the series, but what's kind of the biggest difference for maybe some of our listeners who listen to our open wheel podcast to get a sense of switching your job uh, over to NASCAR. Well, lucky enough, um, before I was the IndyCar social media coordinator, I was the NASCAR social media coordinator. So I got to, work on both sides for the series um first i was being that young and working your dream jobs essentially is a blessing but um 
I went from working at NASCAR where um, we had a team of five people and I was going to the track once a month, if that. Um, and then I go to IndyCar and I'm on a team of two and I'm going to every race and um, I'm not going to the race just to capture content because I can't go capture content because we need to tweet play by play. We need to post on Instagram during the race. We need to handle indie indie lights or indie next now, all those responsibilities. So the scope of what my job was changed. Um, there was less resources, um, but I feel like I was, I had a better relationship with the drivers. I feel like okay. the IndyCar drivers are so willing to do stuff. Um, it was very rare where I asked a driver to do a TikTok or a video for social where they weren't doing it um, unless they had something they absolutely had to go do. Where it was on the NASCAR side, you had to reach out to a rep and schedule something a week in advance and do all these hurdles and all that to get what you needed done. So um, it's stuff like that. It's um, schedule, like you said. It's um, how fans take in an IndyCar race also is different how NASCAR fans take in a race. I think NASCAR fans live for the highlights. I think IndyCar fans live for the nuance. And so it's trying to find a um, perfect medium of selling IndyCar fans a highlight versus not going too deep on the nuance, whereas NASCAR fans are deep into the highlights and you're trying to explain to them the nuances to make them better fans. So it's just learning and adapting to what the fan bases need and want, but also trying to push the sport forward. That makes sense. I have a hard time disagreeing with, with that. All right. I'm going to go off topic again. We're going to do something we've done on the open wheel side. We're going to expand a little bit this year. We're going to have the pit pass NASCAR guest Spotify playlist. Pick whatever you want. You are literally the first song and will for now be the only song on said playlist anything you're digging new old doesn't matter one song to go on this playlist for the season um drive slow kanye west all right first up drive Frenchie, go ahead got it i guess the next question i would have for you is what is it like just having the opportunity to be close to, I mean, obviously you've been close to a lot of really famous kind of influential people, but I mean, Michael Jordan to me is on a whole another level of a global name, right? So how is that just kind of being around that level of individual and the sponsors that you guys have too? I mean, you have some of the brands that are probably the biggest in the world. It It's amazing every week. Um, being in these meetings and trying to plan for um, our partners, whether it's Jordan brand, whether it's Columbia, whether it's monster beast unleash, whatever. Um, we have so many great partners to work with, but um, it's hard for me. I get this question a lot. Um, they're like, what's it like being around a goat? But <laughs> there's not been a direct interaction for me personally, because okay. Um, I'm usually doing my job. It's yeah. hard. Um, yeah. when I'm on the track, um, my focus is our team, our drivers, partner deliverables. So most times he shows up to the track right before green flag. So by the time green flag weighs, I'm in turn one. So I might come back with 
25 laps to go to come to the pits and he's sitting on the pit box. So um, I had an accidental like brush in with him after Talladega. I was getting Tyler, a picture of Tyler and all of a sudden a shadow behind me and it's him. <laughs> so I look and then my next reaction is at some point he's going to embrace Tyler. So then I'm thinking about the shot. So like, those are my interactions with him and the height difference between those two (laughs) and it's always my thoughts always shoot low yeah if you ever if you ever look at our pictures they're always shot low for that reason but um yeah i just have not had a direct interaction with him just because of the um nature of my job now some of my coworkers, where they might be in the pits when he shows up to the pit box or like they might be in meetings with him i know he's in competition meetings and things like that but just for me personally, like I think my closest brush in is when he walked behind me at Talladega. That's probably yeah, the that's most intimidating shadow yeah. to ever just like stand behind somebody. I'll have to find the video <laughs> where um it's it's a, it's not too far. It was Talladega, so it was October, but I'm literally like shooting Tyler and I look and then I just immediately go back into shoot mode to find <laughs> um with Tyler. So it's funny. All right, so we have you know, a lot of people, especially on social media, who you know want to become content creators one day. As somebody who's you know kind of self-taught, if you're going to give some piece of advice, whether it's you know motorsports or you know, sports in general or concerts or whatever, what advice? You know, what couple pieces of advice would you want to instill on them? It's really weird that I get this question now because I feel like I'm still young. I'm only 26, but I've been looking <laughs> to have all these great jobs at 26. Yeah. And there's 18, 19 year old kids that ask me, like, how do you get your job? And the advice I always give them is don't have a plan B because I never wanted to be a content creator. If you would have asked me 10 years ago at 16 what I was going to be doing, I was going to be an engineer on a NASCAR team. Um. I always wanted to work in racing. I've been wanting to be in racing since I was four. And so all I knew was I was going to work in racing. So then I got to college and I was playing college baseball for a low D1 school. I was a walk-on. And my coach calls me into the office and he's like, do you want to be a baseball player or do you want to be an engineer? Because I had declared my engineering major and all the engineering classes were during baseball practice. Oh, shit. So at that point, I wanted to be a baseball player. So I changed my degree. So I changed it to journalism because I'm like, I like writing. I like NASCAR. I can write about NASCAR. Problem solved. Um, but then I got later on into my education. I was like, I don't like writing anymore. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> and so I started teaching myself photography and video because I knew that I wanted to be in a sport. And that was a way for me to be in a sport. So um, I went through a lot to get to this point. Um, there was a lot of stuff that happened. COVID, um, some other things that happened before I got to NASCAR. Um, but I never gave up on getting to racing. So don't have a plan B because as soon as you have a plan B, that's where all your dreams die. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag. Wow, I like that quote. You can write, I'm going to write that down. I have to remember. I wrote, that. I wrote but, it uh, down too, yeah. <laughs> So what what got you into racing at age four? Like, what was the the spark? Is there one? Is there kind of a moment that you realize this is my obsession now? This is going to be my hobby and my job, like my life too? Well, my parents and grandparents both say that I had a car obsession before then. But uh-huh. my actual obsession with NASCAR kind of kicked in at four. And so um, they say, like, I was naming cars at three, four years old and all these things. Like, I could identify what make and model, what year. So I've always had a car obsession. My parents told me the same thing, so I get that. (laughs) And so the car obsession got kicked in overdrive once I discovered, like, oh, they race them, too, and they're on TV every week. And then I watch – most people watch NFL on Sundays. Like, I'm a casual but if there's a race on, I'm watching a race, no matter what it is. If it's IndyCar, NASCAR, drag racing, MotoGP, I'm watching it. Um, and I take priority over the stick and ball stuff. So um, it's always been my obsession, it's been my passion. And like I said, it's been my plan A. That's all I've ever wanted to do my whole life. All right. I'm going to make this last question, my last question, kind of, I don't know, easy, fun. You get to drive any race car ever made in the history of race cars what are you driving and why is it coming into your mind um <clears throat> i think i posted this like a not even a month ago it was around <laughs> Christmas time, but um the cinema mclaren oh okay good choice any specific reason the sound mm, okay no, no nothing more needs to be said on that, that one i could just like close my eyes and i know mm-hmm. it is Frenchie, you got one more? Yeah, I think I'd want to ask basically what you're looking forward to for this upcoming NASCAR season, just as somebody who's been a fan for as long as you have as well. There's so much momentum in the sport right now. I think when I left in 2022, it doesn't, that was, I guess I was only going a year, but when I left in 2022, there was a lot of uncertainty in the sport. Like, obviously, COVID came and went and there was a new car and all this stuff but now there's we're year three into this car they're starting to work out the kinks um they put on a show on the intermediates i think they're going to be closer to putting on a show on the short tracks so you're going to see a show week to week of the best drivers in stock car racing um going after it and i think the thing is even if the cup series isn't your cup of tea the Xfinity series has been the best, I think, racing series overall for the past three, four years. So definitely, uh, 
if you're looking for just pure competition and guys that are hungry and just willing to put it all on the line, Saturday afternoons are, are a show every week, no matter what track they're at. And then you even got the younger kids that um, I think need to learn a little bit about um, <laughs> etiquette in the truck series, but there's a lot of raw talent in the truck series on Fridays and Saturdays. So um, there's, there's something for everybody in NASCAR right now. And I think that um, unlike other series, the ladder systems actually lead to yeah future stars where you look at a indie indie car with indie next, like the guy might win a championship and he might not have a ride for the next season. We saw that with Linus. Or you right. see like, the F2 champion in Formula <laughs> One not gonna see like there's a natural progression in these ladders for NASCAR where you're like, I like this guy in 19 and, and in five years he's gonna be in cup. Yeah, so you latch on to somebody then. That's that's a good idea for people it's, listening. It's very easily accessible for you to root for a guy at 17 and then he could be your fan he could be your favorite driver to your 40. It's a good point. All right. Well, where can people follow you and the team on socials? Anything you want to plug and share, please feel free to follow share or not share. Please follow 2311 Racing, 23XI Racing on all social platforms. Um, I think we're close to 100,000 on Instagram. Um, so we're hoping for another big year. I think we got some cool stuff coming up this season. Well, I know we have cool stuff coming. I just can't <laughs> say it yet. Sure. <laughs> so definitely follow. That's where all the cool stuff is going to come out at. Um, you can follow me on socials at Dontre Graves, D-O-N-T-R-E-G-R-A-V-E-S. Um, I'm pretty active on all my channels, um, especially Twitter. Um, I'm usually not talking about my job on there. So if you yep. follow me on there, expect me to be talking about um, whatever football game or basketball game is going on or some random um, rap or rock, rock album from the early 2000s. So that's what I'm usually talking about on the Internet these days. All right, man. Well, we appreciate the time. Uh, I'll see you at the track at some point this year, and we'll uh... – We'll say hello for hopefully more than eight seconds this time. Uh, I'm planning on, I did 35 last year. I think I'm going to do 35 or more this year. So the chances uh, I, are out. I really wanted to go to Dover because it's, it's other than Pocono, an easy one for me to drive to. And I will 99% chance I'll be on vacation when, when you're in Dover. So I will not be going to Dover because I'll be overseas, but I'll be I'll definitely be at Pocono and I would like to fly to a couple. We'll just see what's going on. And Watkins Glen, right. I was looking at. Oh, yeah. Watkins Glen is an easy Watkins Glen is my favorite track now. I went to this one last year, and it's my favorite track. Yeah. So it's not far from me, so we should go to that. I mean, we got a whole bunch of options. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We, have, we haven't really race. done planning yet. Bristol Night Race. I am a oh. truther to the Bristol Night Race. Yeah. And I'm really oh, glad it's back on pavement. I know Frenchie and I talked about that a few weeks ago, but I'm very glad it's back on pavement. Yeah, I was cleaning out my camera for um, like six months. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to hit stop record here. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate the time and safe travels and, and best of luck all season. Catch you on the road.